Hey folks, it's our second throwback episode covering the Netflix series, season two of a series of unfortunate events uh, based on the children's book written by Daniel Handler under the pseudonym Lemony Snicket. Um, it's pretty obvious from the first episode, if you listen to that, the first throwback episode on this, that we enjoyed the first season. And it's much the same with the second season. If you haven't watched the series, uh, I highly encourage you to do so. And if you haven't listened to that first episode of the podcast, I also encourage you to do so. Uh, this was originally episode 66 during the original run of the podcast. And it was released on May 7th, 2018. So only a few months after we spoke about the first season. The skits have been removed from this throwback episode because, quite frankly, they weren't that funny. But anyway, enjoy the episode. All right, so uh, we're hey. talking about hey, buddy, we're talking we're talking about a series of unfortunate events, uh, season yeah. two. Uh, we it, was, it seems like only a month ago we talked about the first season. Yeah, it's Cause, been about six weeks, but we five are, weeks uh, late to the party. We're not really late with this one though, so that's nice. No, no. the first um, one, the first one we showed up after everybody was drunk and half of them were passed out. Yeah. Now just everybody's kind of got a buzz going on. We get that nice buzz yeah. going on. They're like, "Hey, hey, this is this is all right. This is all right. It's good. Keep going for a while." Now to be now to be fair, this is probably the best time to show up at the party. So you it's know. true. That really it really is the best time. Yeah, I don't I don't really mind showing up this late. Um. So anyway, uh. So the Baudelaire children, when we left them, they were taken to the Austere Academy. There they meet uh, the Quagpires, who are uh, two of a, two uh, triplets whose third triplet died in a fire. And their parents also died mysteriously. And uh, the Quagmires, Isadora, played by Abby Lake, and Duncan, played by Dylan Keenwell, Ken- uh, help the Baudelaire's out, and they're plagued by uh, Carmelita Spatz, played by Katana Turnbull, who is <laughs> she was delightful. Like <laughs> I don't know, I, I, what, what did you think of Carmelita Spatz, John? Um, I don't know. Like. I kind of I kind of liked the character, but I also yeah. kind of hated her. Like, I think that's the point. I think that's the point. Yeah, I mean, I know that's what I was supposed to do, but it's like the well, you've done well in making me want to want to hate her. But there's that just that deep deep confusion of uh, the hell she sees in Olaf. Well, that's a good quote point. Um, yeah, she's that is like the one thing I just I don't like what. Like to any of like to any of these women, and yeah, we, it's yeah, there's just been the two, but there's the well, two. Well, to be fair, Car- Car- Carmelita is still like a, a teenager, and and there's, uh, I I think she's seen uh, Olaf as an opportunity, uh, possibly financial. She she's someone who likes to get her way, and uh, I feel like I'm be mixing up characters. I think you I think you are mixing up characters. Probably. Carmelita Spatz Probably. is the cake sniff. She's a cake sniffing, uh, oh, tap okay. dancing, yeah, yeah. poor rhyming. Like, okay, yeah. I was. Do you want to the next one? Do you want to start over on on your thoughts about Carmelita? <laughs> yeah, she's a. Uh, she's just. She's like one of those series of bully stereotypes. I mean, yeah, like lodged into a uh, lodged into it. She, she's also, I think, a prime example of this this series. And something this series does that's really interesting uh-huh. um, is that these are all cartoon characters. <laughs> that and that is and very true. Make, like there's there's it, there's horrible. Like it is horrible. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of like very bad things happen and there. But the thing that makes me like laugh and want to keep watching these these series is the fact that it's all done in the most cartoonishly insane ways. Yeah. Like it is, that's, it is, it's terrible. Like it's just, uh, 
it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but but that's kind of what that's sort of what it's that's why it's there. That, that's what it's doing well. Uh, and and yeah. Carmelita is just kind of the, that perfect that perfect thing there, like that bully that is bullying people and call and calling people this really specific and weird insult. Yeah, that she says as the deepest insult. And there's that that doesn't make any sense why that would be like why that's like a bad thing. Yeah. Until like until I think it's in the second episode when you see her sneaking in the middle of the night and start ramming her nose into cakes, which was fucking hilarious, them. which was yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is like the funniest one of the funniest moments in that 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 first two part uh sequence. Uh but uh, in the school itself, they, they're plagued by uh, the vice principal, who Carmelita is his favorite, uh, which is vice vice principal Nero, played by Roger Bart, and uh, of course, <laughs> of course, uh, Count Olaf disguises himself as a gym teacher, and uh, my favorite theme, one of my favorite parts about this. Uh, whole episode or the two part episode you know sequence is the the school's um motto is memento mori <laughs> which yeah remember you will die remember you um, will die <laughs> um and everybody's just kind of like Meh. well it's just like <laughs> it's like that's just it's it's just accepted as like that's just kind of the, the way things are um yeah. The Baudelaire's are are given a test which they technically pass uh except for the physical ed part. Um and they don't pass that because uh Count Olaf is the gym teacher. Um yeah. They're kicked out of school, but they're they're taken to the next sequence to uh and this is the this is the one I think you're thinking of. Um, uh, Jerome Squalor and his wife Esme Squalor, who are super rich folks that live in the city and a penthouse, the top floor of this very swanky building, and yeah, everything's either out or in with them. Uh, well, at, also, yeah. also at the end of the uh, of the uh, school episode, um. It is revealed that uh, at the end of the Austere Academy, um, the two kids are kidnapped. The uh, two Quagmire's kids are kidnapped. Uh, but they, they managed to get a book that was smuggled into the school by Larry, your waiter, uh, who's <laughs> working, Larry, for, waiter. working for VVFD. Um, they are. We finally learned what that means. We do at the end of the, at the, in the last sequence. Um they, uh, um, in the Ertzatz elevator, part one and part two, uh, Jerome is actually who's played by Larry uh, Tony Hale, who uh, some of you may remember from um, Arrested Development. Yeah. Um. Uh, him and his wife, uh, Esme, played by Lucy Punch, uh, take the kids in. But of course, Count Olaf is disguised there as uh, what is it, a duke something or other? Um, yeah, the the like trendy European, a trendy European gentleman. Yes. Um, they uh, find the Quagmires. They're hiding at the bottom of an elevator shaft that is uh, doesn't have an elevator in it. And in their attempts to rescue them, they fell. And the quagmires are auctioned off uh, in a red, literal red herring. Yes, in the literal red herring. That was my favorite part, was the literal red herring. Because it, it shows up important in, like, three episodes. Like, just, like, the... And, and it always, like, leads them into an actual red like, an actual red herring in the yeah. story. Like, it's... The, ki- the kids don't bid on the red herring. Uh... Instead, they bid on a box, a very large box labeled VFD, which stands for very fancy doilies in this instance. 
um, which they end up buying for like a thousand dollars. Um, uh, but anyway, Jerome ends up, uh, Esme, it turns out is, um, Count Olaf's old girlfriend. And they were, she was also part of the secret society, VFD society. Uh, but she has a ongoing feud with Beatrice over a sugar bowl, which, uh, yeah. becomes apparent through the rest of the episodes. Yeah, it, like it, it becomes like a major this major plot point that doesn't actually have anything. That isn't actually uh, what's the word? Um, isn't really like resolved or explained at all. Like what? I mean, there's yeah, it's a huge MacGuffin that secret. Yeah, but it's, it's a, but, but they say that there are secrets in the sugar bowl, and yeah. Here's the thing, though, i I would not be surprised if there's not anything in the sugar bowl but sugar like i i would i would be totally uh accepting of the fact if that was the case like if they've they've done a really good job and i think of of being able to set up of creating a world where these kinds of insane um like insane coincidences and like these machinations of these secret societies can exist entirely next to ham-fisted, ham-fisted coincidence. Yeah, no, I agree. Ways that are just I fine. I agree. the The kids are uh, after their stay with uh, Jerome um, Squalor. Uh, they're taken to a village. They're going to be raised by the village where basically they're they're just going to be the villagers' slaves. The village is ruled over by – and the village is the VFD. Um, and what is it? Uh, it's not villi- the one you're thinking of. No. It's the village of foul devotees. Yeah, the village of foul devotees, which in this case means birds. And specifically, some kind of like I think it's like these, these a bunch of crows. I don't remember if they're yeah. crows or ravens, but it's. I think I think they were I think they were I think they were crow. Well, I could have been ravens. I guess. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I'll look real quick. Um, but uh, while at the village, they befriend a uh, gentleman who they actually live end up having to stay with because apparently he he's kind of the village's uh, handyman, Hector, played by Ithamar Enriquez. Um, well, and I forgot to mention, we are inter- in the, in the, the end of the beginning of the, in the first episode of the, the Ertzatz elevator sequence, we're introduced to Jacques Snicket, who is Lemony Snicket's brother. Uh, and he is trying to rescue the Quagmire kids in the, the elevator sequence. Uh, Jacques is played by Nathan Fillion, um, who is in one of John's favorite uh, short-lived, um, short-lived TV shows, Firefly? Oh, he was in that one, was he? Oh, yeah. I you were talking about one of the other short-lived things he did. Like that Castle one didn't go for very long. Well, that, that Castle one for a few seasons, didn't it? Hey, but, but in geologic time, it was basically nothing. So, well, maybe so, but <laughs> compared. <laughs> But also compared to, uh, I don't know, Firefly, it went quite a while. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Uh, in the school episode, we meet Olivia Caliban, uh, who's the libra- bra- bra- librarian, played by Sarah Rue. And Jock. I should have thought about her uh, Her name actually having some foreshadowing to it. Yeah. Anyway. There's a lot of them that that do. I mean, Squalor. He's wealthy, but his last name is Squalor. The Quagmires yeah. end up in kind of a Quagmire well, I, I, situation. I just meant more like like Caliban, you know, the whole Shakespeare thing. But then also yeah. like where where she ends up. Oh yeah, you know that that's it's kind of a direct. There's almost a direct line there. There's, there's, yeah, they do that a lot though. I've noticed, uh, not just with, she's, she's probably one of the more obvious ones, but, um, Olivia Caliban's the librarian at the school. She's brought into VFD by Jacques. Um, they both go to the village 
VFD, the village of foul devotees. And uh, Jacques uh, tries to get uh, he, he, they fight. He fights Count Olaf. Count Olaf gets the better of him, um, and per, disguises. I lose the term really loosely here. Disguises him as Count Olaf. Uh, Jock, because he's a member of VFD, has the ta- the VFD tattoo, eye tattoo on his ankle, which that's what a- the tattoo actually is. Is uh, VFD. Yeah, it's a and uh, very stylized VFD. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a um, term for it, a specific term. Like sigil's another term for it, but it's not the not the specific term that I'm that I want. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um. Yeah, I I can't remember what it's called. I know what you're talking about though. Um, um, but, uh, anyway, uh, Olaf ends up killing, uh, Jacques Snicket, um, which Lemony Snicket very, says that Jacques ends up dead at one point during the narration, but he doesn't reveal obviously what, how, um, uh, but apparently, uh, Olaf beats him to death with a crowbar and then he frames the Baudelaire children, yeah, for his death, and the Baudelaire's go go to rescue him there, there, from the jail. There's, there's one other thing that I have to say: this show does really well. Yeah, is telegraphing what's going to happen. Tell uh-huh. and sometimes flat out telling you what is going to happen, and yeah. still having you be surprised or shaken or like like shaken or shot like shaken or or moved by it even though you knew exactly what was going they and even though they told you exactly what was going to happen yeah yeah it also well it's also it also has a way of subverting your expectations yeah um, they really did well and like it it, it it they play they play your expectations like a fiddler like just like just like a fiddler, it's beautiful the way that they're able to just to make you make you expect something, make you want something, yeah, and then shift it so that now you get this instead. Well, and I think one way one way they it's, one way of course they do it is they they take the common tropes and they flip them. You know, they 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 turn them around. Um, by the time that kids leave the village, they've been framed for Jacques' murder. Uh. They have rescued the quagmires. And that has been spread like out to everywhere. Yeah. Well, partly because, like because of Mr. Poe's wife, who happens to be at the village. Yeah. Um, who is who is a, a really, really a disturbingly good um, uh, reporter who also seems to have little in the way of like mor- uh, morals when it comes to what she reports. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. As long as the story's big enough, she does not give a shit. No, she does not. Um, the Quagmires, though, this is a happy moment, though. The Quagmires, they uh, they were able to spend some time with the the book of secret uh, organizations, uh, secret societies, and they were able to write a whole bunch of notes down. Unfortunately, uh, they aren't able to give it to the Quagmires or the Baudelaire's as they're escaping directly and they get on Hector's hot air balloon device that he's built. Um, and they get away, but as they're getting away and as the boat alerts are trying to get on, uh, Esme squalor, who's been pretending to be the, uh, sheriff or the cop of the town. Um, is shooting at it with a crossbow uh, and uh, ends up destroying the, the notes uh, effectively while she's shooting it as they tried to throw it down and she hits it gets hit with a crossbow bolt. 
So the Baudelaire's have some of these notes, but some of some of it they're not able to read. They don't know what order everything goes in because the notes are scattered. They have to flee, which they do in a fire truck. Um, Count Olaf and his troop um, also leave. And they end up at uh, Heimlich Hospital, um, which for some inexplicable reason has these massive records that have everything in them. Even oh, just tons of shit that's not hospital related. Uh, there they befriend uh, Hal, played by David Alan Greer, um, who's the uh, poorly cited record uh, fire, filer. And uh, they also encounter the singing troupe. The kids um, <laughs> hide in the hospital. And uh, they, of course, are pursued by Olaf sort of accidentally initially. Um, Mm -hmm. He uh, ends up getting into the hospital with the amazing alias. (laughs) This is my favorite one. (laughs) Of Thaddeus. Medical school. (laughs) (laughs) Thaddeus. Medical school. Medical school. See, Mr. Medical school. Doctor. Doctor Medical school. <laughs> Doctor Medical school. He uh, mm. he disguises himself as Doctor Medical school. Um, Esme Squallards disguises herself as a nurse. The rest of his henchmen, uh, uh, the person of indeterminate genders, uh, Nurse Lucafont. Um, the bald-headed man and the hook-handed man are uh, orderlies. The twins, the white-faced women, are nurse nurses, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they basically pursue. There's this really just crazy chase sequence in the records that the kids find out that the records, the Hall of Records, have like all of this stuff in it. So they go in that's not hospital-related. Um, the Olaf kidnaps Babs, who's the uh, the front desk uh, clerk at the uh, hospital and is, is obsessed with paperwork and uh, basically torment her and, and get her to reveal a bunch of secrets of the hospital. Um, and through the course of all of this, uh, but the kids do are able to steal the keys from Hal and uh, – get in and watch they discover there's uh, jock has made some videos and that uh there's a possibility that that one or more of their parents are still alive which brings me to one thought i had um we don't ever see mother and and father in this in this series in this season um the assumption was i that i had at the end and i think this is kind of intentional that i had at the end of the first season was that they are actually the Quagmire's parents, um, mm-hmm. but you don't you don't see anything with them. They don't they don't turn up at all um, this season. And so there's a question that hangs in the air through the rest of the the last three or four episodes. Who's who is it? Is it is it actually one of the Baudelaire's? Is it the Baudelaire's parents or one of the Baudelaire's parents, or is it? the quagmire parents um, that jock is talking about in the, the film strip. Um, there's this huge fight. Unfortunately, uh, they end up destroying the hall of records. Uh, and then Olaf is able to, to capture um, Violet and um, uh, Klaus disguises himself as a doctor, uh, Dr. Faustus and him and Sonny, him and Sonny. He's got that really big beard. <laughs> And yeah. and of course, sorry. Go ahead. There's a number of really great moments that I have to say, like like, and I think they they I don't remember exactly in the hospital. But I think they do it once, but one of my favorite times is when they point out that um, Sonny's grown. Like when they're in, at the, the the very first <laughs> yeah. part of the 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 school, they're all sitting there and you're like, man, we've been sitting on this chair so long, it feels like six months have passed, and Sonny's a toddler. <laughs> There's all these cracks about like the 
Isn't that a little big for a baby? Isn't she more of a toddler? Like, like they keep like going back to it. Like makes me so ridiculously happy. There's this. There's there's a moment. There's a couple. There's a moment in the hospital when Klaus is disguised as Doctor Faustus, uh, where Olaf comes up to him and says, "Aren't you a little young to be a doctor?" Which is a direct nod to Doogie Howser, M.D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there's the, I, I didn't even pick that one up. That's awesome. Uh, there's a, I love this show. There's 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 another there's another moment there's another moment that I'll talk about here in a minute when we get to the carnival that I wanna I wanna mention too. But uh, anyway, so so Olaf basically is gonna do uh, it's gonna, he wants to cut off uh, Violet's head. And I shouldn't laugh, but what do they call it? Yeah. Uh, up and de- craniolectomy. 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 Yeah. And uh, so he, but he, but he gets he gets Klaus disguised as Doctor Faustus, uh, to um, come to the the operating theme so he can actually perform the the surgery. And then he's he's also sold tickets to it. So all, there's all these people in the in the uh, audience and people keep turning up like these teachers keep turning up uh, that were from the austere Academy, Mr. Poe's there along with his wife. Um, <laughs> and uh, Klaus stalls by talking about this, the saw and the knife and stuff. And then it, it clicks in his head. I think, or did Sonny, did Sonny mention it? Cause he has there's a lot of like bumbled. I remember. Yeah. It either clicks in his head or Sonny mentions paperwork. It, he goes, basically he's like, I can't do this surgery because we haven't filled out the the proper paperwork. And so Olaf is reveals basically uh who they are. There's this giant scene where he he runs down and discovers well he's discovered already uh that or he he runs down and discovers the 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 film and uh, watches it and discovers that someone survived one of the fires. And so he lights the hospital on fire. So there's this really, really, really slow chase sequence through the wall where Klaus in, is pushing the the dolly that Violet is laying on, and they hide in this room, use and use uh, some medical tubing to bungee out the window, uh, and they escape by hiding in. Uh, Olaf's truck trunk of Olaf's car and one thing I, I I do know I I don't know how how the books end but I do know that in the books several of the characters die that Olaf's troop die through the course and that hasn't really happened mm-hmm. one of them that's supposed to have died in the hospital sequence actually is the the uh person of indeterminate gender um oh. she gets caught in the fire in the books and die and actually kind of like that's another one of those side characters that I just kind of Kind of dig. I I love. Well, <laughs> I freaking love them all, man. But she. Yeah. Well, I think the the two best are the indeter- the, the the person of indeterminate gender, and then the the guy with the hooks. Particularly once you get to the carnival and dealing with the freak show. Yes, that is one of my favorite moments. He Speaking just of, keeps getting so angry. He gets so angry at everybody. Like I'm not a freak. You're a freak. You ba- you you monsters. There's. Anyway, they end up at a, they end up at a uh, they end up at the carnival because Count Olaf is hoping that the uh, the uh, fortune teller there can he, he find, sees a flyer. He's hoping that the fortune teller there can tell him who survived the fires that he set. Now there is a huge, huge, huge info dump at the carnival. As far as plot goes, yeah, it's it's pretty significant. Um, and so we're going to spoil that for you now. Uh, you discover that the one the carnival is actually a, a basically a setup to gather information for VFD. You find out that VFD is stands for, and I fucking love this. I volunteer fire department. So <laughs> the secret society that the that their everyone's parents and everyone was involved in is a volunteer fire department. You discover that there's yeah. a schism between. But, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. But 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 they're also a volunteer fire department who decided that they wanted to 
create a world in which they didn't have like they were looking to pre- prevent fires yeah not just stop them not just get them but like find ways to start preventing fires which is why they went into the whole freaky espionage yeah um like secret society manipulation thing well it's like because they were basically there to put out fires what be they physical or metaphorical yeah that's what that's she actually says that like either figuratively or literally um however there's a schism uh in the ranks because some of them decided to start fires which yeah clearly count all off as one of those uh as me squalor obviously see I I'd probably just call them uh, arsonists. Like I think well, that, that's not really. Here's the deal, man. And this is this is the thing that I love yeah. about about the volunteer fire department. Mm-hmm. Our 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 understanding of that that phrase obviously has a very distinct uh, gives us a very distinct impression of what it should be, which is firefighters. Um, mm-hmm. but they're not. They were says firefighters. It's fire department. And yeah, so you can true. twist the meanings to get that they start fires. Uh. <laughs> it's true. Kind of that, that I'm going to create chaos to uh, create chaos and then sow the benefit and then take the benefits myself. Yeah. You find out the fortune tellers, Olivia Caliban, the librarian that Jacques um, brought on board. Uh, yes. And that the, and that the, the, it's a rotating post. Yeah. It's a rotating post for the uh, for the VFD, and even like the freaks at one point are talking, and they say, you know, they're like the man, the last, the last madam, whatever. She was way nicer than this one. Yeah, which is odd because she's like the nicest lady. Yeah, maybe she just really likes. Maybe she just hates freaks and is really mean to them. Oh. Just really shitty to the freaks, or has no idea what the hell she's doing because she's been at this like a couple of weeks at this point. Yeah. Um. So. So uh, you also d- and just had the man she loved murdered. It's true. Oh. Um, now one thing I forgot to mention: the sugar bowl that Esme's after was supposed to be at the hospital somewhere, and you actually do see it. They they show it a couple times during the sequence. They also show someone grabbing it during the fire, and you discover that it's the person who was supposed to uh, was the the person who had the post before. Uh, Olivia showed up. She went to go get the sugar bowl because there, as John said earlier, there are secrets in that sugar bowl. Um, you also discover that there was a, t- they have a, the VFD has a secret hideout up in the mountains where they do swing dancing and have n- crazy fa- fancy nightclub. Which that was a, like, I think they, they opened the second episode of this one with that, right? They did. Yeah. If I remember correctly. They had the, like, that was a really great, and, and you see, you know, everybody the way they were. You see, like the the what Aunt, Aunt Wilhelmina, where she's like feisty and fiery and like yeah. and 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 like passionate and ready to like to do all this. And you see, like what her husband looked like and you yeah. know, who they were all like in their prime. You know, her husband's and then her husband's Barry Sonnenfeld, who's the 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 producer and sometimes director of the series. <laughs> he actually nice. he also shows up if you pay attention. He also shows up on some of the billboards around the freak show. Oh, you also start to hear one of the other things that you start to hear that I don't think we actually have down here is you start to hear um, in the second season, you hear Lemony Snicket starting to talk about somebody named Beatrice. And he'd really in the first season, he really kind of only mentions her like once where he talks about the basically the novel of a letter she wrote to him. Yeah. About why he loved her, why she loved him, but could not marry him. Yeah, and and you see, and I think she she shows up. You only see her from behind in like the costume, right? Not exactly. But she's because well, maybe, but but I think it is her that like that they say that Olaf supposedly kills there, and then you find out that that he doesn't kill, and then he says that she he doesn't kill her. Yeah. Well, I also I also believe at the very end when she it's her that steps out of the car with the sugar bowl. Hmm. Yeah, could be. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure that's who that's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, well, I, I thought it, it, it's, it's either her who's still alive, or it's um, or it's the the surviving parent that they talked about. It's entirely possible. I don't know. I, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's it could go either way. Like, but honestly, it could go either way, and we can't really guess that well because this the series is really good. 
at, at that whole subverting the expectations. Thing. It's true. It's very true. Um, one thing that uh, happens at the freak show, uh, aside from the hook-handed man, <laughs> which is your favorite moment, when he walks into the, the thing and the, the hunchback guy is like, oh, hey, you're, you're here to be a freak too. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not a freak. I'm just a normal guy with hooks for hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then one guy's like, his, all, the only thing that's free, like he's – the freakish about him is that he's just like ambidextrous. Yeah, like, he can just use both his right and left hands, and he acts like he is the big. Like he acts like he's got like a like an. He acts like he has like a, a human ass growing on his torso. Um, like holy, like he's this utter abomination and should be destroyed and should never see the light of day. And it's like you're just, you're just ambidextrous, dude. What the fuck's wrong with you? One of my favorite. The, the, so great. The, 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 the kids uh, are dis- disguise themselves as these conjoined twins. And then, uh, Sonny, the baby is disguised as what is it? Uh, the wolf, wolf, baby, wolf, baby, like the wolf child. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and the, there's this huge, Basically, uh, Olaf's not happy with the turnout for the House of Freaks, which is one of my favorite moments in that, probably in the entire second season, is the whole House of Freaks song. Um, yeah, there's some good, there's some good singing in this one. There is. I think, I think, I wonder, I, I wonder if they added stuff after how well the one time you actually had singing showed up. It's entirely, season it's one. entirely possible. And then how, how well, how well the, uh, um, opening theme song went over like i actually got mad at netflix a couple of times because it automatically skipped it yeah and i was like what the hell are you doing netflix yeah stop it it's netflix is a bitch that way um but he goes and gets uh somewhere i don't know where uh, olaf goes and gets uh some hungry some starving lions builds a day de- de- um he they mention that there's just starving lions wandering around. Oh, um, yeah, they do now that I think on about the it. plane. Yeah, yeah, they like they, they, so we know exactly where they came from. He just like wandered around until he found some, like just picked a direction and then walked back. Um, he then uh tries to kill the they're still the Baudelaire's, they're still in disguise, but he tries to kill the Baudelaire's by feeding them to the lions. They're try they try to get him out to do it uh but he he gets uh olivia and her uh, fortune teller disguise to go out there she pushes them over like basically flings them onto the other side of the pit and then he cuts the the plank and she falls to her doom and is eaten by lions and (laughs) and and the audience reaction is fantastic because they're i thought it would be fun to watch someone get eaten by lions but it turns out it's everybody's like oh Turns out it's kind of horrible. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to them and says, you, you can join the troop because he's got the other freaks to join. Uh, as long as you, but you have to burn this place down. And he basically kind of does it for them, but sort of like using their hands. Kind of makes them complicit. Yeah. He just sort of makes them complicit. Yeah. And then they, he realizes that the map, the map, they find a map to the secret hideout in the mountains where this little bit of coffee stain actually marks the spot. He, of course, figures out what it is because he was a member of the society. Um, yeah. And he, t- they t- he ties a wagon onto his car. They go up the mountains. And on the way out, the freaks, who he stuffed in the trunk because his car's not big enough to hold everybody – uh, pop the trunk and cut the rope, and that's where everything ends. Uh, and that was <laughs> so much, so much for a quick recap of the plot. Although, to be honest, we we uh, did focus quite a bit on everything else too. I will say one moment, yeah. one moment in the the uh, uh, carnival, uh, the carnivorous carnival that I mm-hmm. really, really liked is another like nod to something else, which is he's like, you know, he's like, I, I work so hard to be an, an actor and what do I get? I, I'm out here in the hinterlands doing a matinee for, for uh, one person. And she's like, so what, would you rather go to the city and try to get on network television? And his response was, ah, I did that yep. for nine years and look where it got me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is so great. Which is a nod to uh, 
to uh, how I met your mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, another movie I will never watch. Uh, show movies. It's all the same thing in the end. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I tried to watch, I watched the first season and it, it has its funny moments and it's not, and the, and the writing is good at times, but the whole premise just annoys the shit out of me. Uh, so, um, I will not finish it. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those where like it, it hit at the wrong, it hit me at the wrong point in my life. Yeah. I think if I'd been just a little bit younger when it started to come out, like it hit, it hit my brother, like my, my, my second youngest brother, um, hit him and he like really, he watched a lot of it. He like really, you know, like got, got into it a little bit. Yeah. You know, it was one that like, he, I think he and his wife watched together and they really enjoyed and they're both just a little bit younger than me. And I think it was one of those where it was just like, I, I wasn't in the right window and mo and you're the vast majority of sitcoms with a few, with the exception of like a few of the ones that, that we've, we've done like here on the podcast, here on the podcast. And that one that we might do, uh, later, I know it's on the docket. Um, yeah. um, besides those, eh, it's just not really, you know, they, they, they just don't, don't do it for me. And I yeah. have friends who are like way into like friends and, yeah, and I, all those, and I, we are way off topic. Yeah, <laughs> we are, and I, I may or may not keep this in, but uh, and just end it with the "How I Met Your Mother" theme. But um, anyway, mm-hmm. real quickly, one of the things I love about this, there, the the like I said, like I said a little bit ago, the show has a really good way of just subverting your expectations, mm-hmm. and there's this almost. <laughs> I, I put in the notes is this, this steady slide into absurdism, like. Yeah, there is so much, there is so much stuff here that is absolutely inconsequential in reality. Like the fucking sugar bowl. Like there, there should be it should be of yeah. no importance. The, yeah, but it's like this becomes this major MacGuffin. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I mean, or, and it's not, or, and it's or like even, in, it's not even like it's like they're they're like willing to murder for this thing. That's how you know. Yeah. Well, and it, it well, like think about like the the two things, like the tattoo, that's all mysterious and whatnot. But the other thing that they have gotten uh, 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 Olaf, like getting Count Olaf um, on a number of times is his eyebrows. Yeah. Like the fact that he has a unibrow is suddenly this huge, this huge thing. There's, there's, there's almost, it's, it's one where it's like, it's tiptoeing. No, it. <laughs> It's cha-chaing around the line between satire and 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 and, and being sincere, between satire and sincerity. Yeah, like it just sort of like sachets back and forth, and it's and it's so you never really know. It's like is this satirizing these kinds of children's mysteries, or are you, or are they like being completely sincere about this? And it's and it's really hard to tell because it's kind of both. And neither, and but one one of the things here here but here's the thing I love about it though, is is in every episode this comes up, like every episode there's just something that is just completely fucking mundane, that mm-hmm. the characters comment one of the characters comments on or become a significant part of the episode or yeah. uh, it shouldn't have or or just or just they comment on it as if it's as if it is a significant detail or um or worthy of note even though it never comes up again you know like when yeah like some of the things about yeah it, and so that's I, I i love that uh because to me that's like this is this is exactly what you know giving meaning to stuff that sh- that doesn't have any meaning i mean that is exactly what we're looking yeah. at well, uh, and and then there are like big things that kind of have, are in some ways stripped of meaning. Yes. Like that whole thing with like the red herring. It's like we are going to a village named VFD. Those letters that keep showing up again and again and again and again. And no, it's just completely unrelated. It is entirely and in every way unrelated. Yeah. There. Th- it's just like, a, it's, it's just a complete, it's complete happen. It's, you know, although, although, although it does, it's just complete. It, although it, it, it actually in one way, the VFD, they they go to the the bar which used to be the volunteer fire department for the village, so they actually had like a station there. Um, another thing that uh, well, I was just thinking about the actual like like I mean, 
even in like VFD, the village, like it's very clearly not. Yeah, it's as the village itself has nothing yeah. to do with the with the secret society, other than the secret society had a headquarters there because they were volunteer fire department, and they had their you know stylized uh, sigil in the in the pane glass windows. Um, then the the fact that all of Count Olaf's disguises comes from a kit that the VFD <laughs> <Yeah>. provides. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, like all of the ones he has are like unmodified. Yeah, like they're not even like changed up at all. It's just stock these costumes. Yeah. So, but so uh, much fun. And I, I already commented on on this other thought. Uh, the VFD. The duality of the fire department, the the fact that the via mm-hmm. that because of the way they have it, volunteer fire department and not volunteer firefighters, um, it could have that other meaning. It could have like we're going to go out and burn yeah. shit. <laughs> you know, like the, the the more I think about that, the more more I think that there's there's more to it than just the there's more than just a duality. There's also a certain amount of um, paradox. Yeah. In 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 like and not just there but in this entire world yeah count olaf count olaf like he has a, like he's he's got this title he's count olaf yeah is poor as shit yeah squalor is rich is incredibly wealthy yeah you know like they go to this uh, this uh, the whole thing with the 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 orphan the orphan room in in the school where it's the orphan shack you know like just <laughs> Yeah, the orphan shack, and there's just they're forced to live in a shack that's full of crabs and mold. <laughs> yeah, like I said, but but there's all these there's all these points of like this 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 paradox. The I mean, or even even with uh, with Beatrice and Lemony Snicket. Yeah, like he ha- she hands him this book that she wrote that is about why I love you but cannot marry. Like I will love you eternally but cannot marry. You. Yeah, you know and. And it, all of these sorts of like, and it's these these paradoxes of like the it's self contradictory like things that should be self contradictory but are existing and, mo- and and moving forward, and that's where they're sort of like it's it's the engine behind all the absurdity is basically making those paradoxes is holding those paradoxes together. Yeah, and I think that that's that's one of the reasons why this show just like fucking speaks to me and I, why I love it. Yeah, as much as I, I do. I, I I I love it too, and I think about it more. I just like it makes me so happy. Like the 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 random. Well, the one the one actually makes sense. The the music, the freak, the House of Freaks musical number makes sense because it's a performance. Uh, mm-hmm. The actual uh, show, but just the the weird um, musical numbers that pop up. The 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 fact that the henchmen. My one of my one of my favorite moments is well i'm not going to pay you i, I don't pay them <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like and that and that begs the question why are they fucking still with count olaf what is it about yeah well I, 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 that's the other thing is that like it, it's that uh what's her face the, the 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 lady squalor yeah and it's like why is she even still like why like what does she see in olaf there because she's like i i'm i'm rich if i was doing this for like why do you care about these orphans I'm rich. You want to be rich? Let's go be rich right now. Yeah. We can get this shit settled right now. Yeah. That that's the that's the thing that is just sort of it's just sort of wacky. It's just it, you know. Yeah, there's it, it's it, it's it's absurd and and yeah. Um in fan fan theories, I got nothing. Like I I have no fucking clue where this show's um, going. Like I I, I think yeah, that's the thing is we can't actually even look up fan theories because that it would just it would just spoil. We just it's spoil. already settled. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I do actually have one. It's not really an insane fan theory, yeah. but I do have one sort of fan theory. Okay. I'm um, ready. Basically, I think that the uh, that at the end of the book, what happens is is that they're either going to have their deaths faked or something there, or they're finally going to meet up with Lemony Snicket. He's going to. And basically, he's going to agree to pass the uh, um, sort of pass the baton or pass on all, pass on the information that they died horribly and make it sound so horrible, yeah, you know that I don't know if they're alive or dead. Make it so horrible that 
they're just kind of um they they're that they're they're com- they're completely sort of like uh count olaf is after he kills jock disguised as count olaf he's like you yeah, know, like, how are yeah. they gonna catch me i'm dead like sort of sort of along yeah. those like and so there's no yeah, and so there's no um like explanation it makes it sound so horrible that there that nobody thinks that nobody wants to ask deeper yeah because if somebody asks you like whoa what happened to them and you just slowly shake your head and say you you don't want to know the details and at first you're going to go i kind of i kind of do want the details but then and it when you keep going like no no you don't yeah eventually eventually you're kind of going to go Maybe I don't. That that okay. That that that's awful. That's actually kind of close to what we we had last time. Uh, a little bit more detailed, yeah. but um, yeah. Uh, but I also think they're going to hook up with the other um, uh, the kids in the balloon. The the triplet, the two triplets, the quagmires in the airship. Like <laughs> the twins. That's another theme. The twins. Go talk to the twins. They're triplets. One of them's dead. <laughs> like, there's only two of them. It doesn't make them not triplets. <laughs> it doesn't make us not triplets. So, uh, all right. So, uh, anything else you want to add? I I am uh, excited for this. I think the next season comes out early in tw- 2019. So, we've, we've got a little bit of time. However, there's a lot, shit ton of stuff mm-hmm. to keep us occupied. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Marvel has a few movies oh, yeah. I, out. I, I both- and... Uh, Car- I mean, cartoons. I've also been buying up a bunch of bunch of cartoons. And we'll so. be we'll be talking about very yeah. very soon. We'll be talking about uh, some more cartoons. Um, yes, and the good place. I think is one of the other ones. Yeah, it's the one I was alluding to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to make. I don't want to make. Uh, I don't want to make announcements. Oh, I do want to say uh, last episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go take it. Check it out. Um, even by the time this one drops. You still have time. Uh, interview with Rufus Man. We we're going to have it be part of our What's Interesting. So this episode should have been 64, but we had problems. Um, so this is 65. Yeah. But yeah, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Um, yeah. And check out his uh, Kickstarter because I think that's still going for a little bit. It, get, it goes until the until the uh, 16th of May. So um, yes. But you got some time. Of 2018. So anyway, any, any last thoughts? We wrap this up. It's good. I like it. I love it. If you I'm haven't watch it again, if you haven't watched it, go watch. Go watch a series of unfortunate events. It's delightful. It's just wonderful. There's a lot of, and it's it's very rewatchable too. You're, if you yeah. if you've got kids, they will like it too. Go watch it. It's also really funny that we're like the oh, it's awful. It's called a series of unfortunate events. It's just so wonderful. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so delightful. <laughs> Yet again, subverting make, your. You can make it sound like you're a nihilist or a goth kid. <laughs> okay. Well, that wraps this up. <laughs> Relevant to Our Interests is hosted by John Felliston and Frank Shaw. Produced and edited by Frank Shaw. The music arranged by Frank Shaw. Scripting by John Felliston and Frank Shaw. Graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell. You can contact us at relevanttoourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. John and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs>